Alright, good afternoon everybody. This is Marcus with the Big Bang Wrestling Podcast here for our second episode of the new season. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I apologize for the episode coming out a little late. You know, life gets busy, you know, when you got the newborn baby, you know, everything going on. So, just work with me the best y'all can. I really appreciate it. Uh, First thing I want to talk about today is the fallout from SummerSlam. SummerSlam is actually... On paper, the card didn't look that great. However, the show was just... It was probably one of the better shows of the year. If not the best show of the year from WWE. You know, we saw the opening match on the main card. Bianca Belair retained over Becky Lynch. Then after the match, there was a huge face turn from Becky. You know, they shook hands, mutual sign of respect. And then... After a year, over a year possibly, Bailey returns. But she didn't come alone. Now, after she started making her way down to the ring, there was a return in Dakota Kai. And then she was followed by Io Shirai, who was now known as Io Sky. So that is going to be a very interesting faction to see. Especially on Raw, they continued that by attacking other wrestlers such as Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, they're they're looking dominant. So it's interesting to see where this is gonna go. Will they like try to hold all the women's titles on Raw or how are they gonna do it? I'm interested to see how that goes. But also that night Becky Lynch also had gotten injured. I report that she had separated her shoulder, so no telling how long she will be out, but just hope for a quick and speedy recovery. We've seen Logan Paul, he beat The Miz in his second WWE match ever. And people can say what they want about Logan Paul, but for a celebrity with no wrestling experience, the man is damn good. Uh, him and Pat McAfee both have just been extremely impressive. And the only other celebrity that comes to mind with that much talent was Stephen Amell when he wrestled Stardust a couple oops, I say a couple years ago. It was probably more like 10 years ago at SummerSlam. I can't remember the exact year offhand, but that's who comes to mind when I think of these other guys. And he beat him with his own move. The skull crushing finale. But out of that match, probably one of the more impressive spots was that splash through the table. You know, you don't... Again, the celebrity thing. You don't see celebrities do that for a wrestling show. And the fact that Logan Paul is doing it and making it look good is just incredible. Uh, the, the third match of the night, Bobby Lashley defeated Theory in what was a fairly quick match to retain the United States Championship. Not a whole lot come out of that match that I can think of offhand. I want to see Lashley hold the belt for a while until a suitable challenger steps up to take it from him. And, and it seems like after the events on Monday Night Raw, we may have a suitable challenger in Champa, in Tommaso Champa, because 
tonight on Monday Night Raw. He is challenging Lashley for the United States Championship after winning a triple threat match against Chad Gable and Dolph Ziggler in order to earn the opportunity to become the number one contender for the U.S. title. Now, on the other end of his singles match to earn the number one contendership, he had to face AJ Styles, who also competed in a triple threat match earlier that night against Mustafa Ali and The Miz. I loved how much time they've given the U.S. title on Raw this past week. So I love that. I love that they're going back to focusing on wrestling. But anyways, back to topic. I want to talk about SummerSlam right now. After Lashley retained against Theory, the Mysterios defeated the Judgment Day in a tag team match. And honestly, I feel like the Judgment Day may be buried at this point because they've lost multiple times to the Mysterios. They're not, they don't seem as dominant now as they did when they were under Edge. But speaking of Edge, he returned to SummerSlam. That looked like, it, it was just a badass return the way he did it. And it was planned out perfect. But due to him returning and his interference, that helped the Mysterios get the win at SummerSlam, which subsequently, the next night, Overall, the Mysterios received a tag team title match against the Usos, which they ultimately lost. Then, you know, they also, the Mysterios got attacked by the Judgment Day. Edge comes out to make the save. And then Edge accidentally spears Dominic. When he was aiming for, I believe it was Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley pulls Balor out the way, and he ends up hitting Dominic instead. So, we will see the fallout from that. Tonight on Raw. The next match at SummerSlam, Pat McAfee defeated Happy Corbin. And again, the celebrities, their performances. Logan Paul, Stephen Amell years ago was good. But Logan Paul was great. Pat McAfee, he's just always, ever since he came to WWE, he has been entertaining as hell. The matches he had with Adam Cole in NXT... I didn't expect that from McAfee. Then he, you know, they put him on commentary on SmackDown, and he has been the voice of SmackDown since he's been there. In this program of Corbin, I was a little shaky on it at first, but I feel like it's also yeah, it showcased McAfee and how good he was, how good he is as a performer as well as a commentator. But... There's also been improvement from Corbin, too, that I've noticed. And Corbin should be a main event player. No, he should be taken more seriously than what he is. This happy Corbin crap. I want to see that gone, and I want to see Baron Corbin back from the NXT days come back. That's what I want. That was badass. The next match on the card is SummerSlam. The Usos... Retained over the Street Profits, and Jeff Jarrett was the special guest referee. Uh, Jeff Jarrett did good. He looks in phenomenal shape for his age. After the match, you could see the frustration on Montez Ford. 
And it seems that they're still teasing a breakup between the two. Because it's already been said by multiple, you know, countless people backstage and whatnot that Montez Ford will be, has the makings, he has the makings of a serious singles competitor. He's got the talent, the look, the charisma, he's got it all to be a top singles competitor. Now, when WWE decides to pull the trigger on that, I think it's going to be soon. I give it within the next three to four months, you're going to see that happen. But overall, the match between them two was great, but I don't think nothing's on top the last match they had at Money in the Bank. That was probably the best tag team match I've seen this year. Uh, Next on the card, you had Riddle come out. He came out, challenged Seth Rollins, said he wasn't medically cleared. Seth Rollins came out and basically made him look like a bitch. I just, I I feel like the segment was pointless. I don't see what it did. There's some people say it's for storyline, it progresses storylines. I feel like they could have left that segment out and left it for something on Raw. I feel like it could have been left for Raw and it would have been fine. But after that, had a highly competitive match between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Good match overall. But bad. The controversial finish. And I feel like that did more to hurt Liv Morgan than anything. Because at the end, you know, Ronda Rousey had her in the armbar. Liv was able to stand up and put Ronda Rousey on her shoulders. So the ref is counting the pin. By the time he gets to two, Liv Morgan is tapping out. But the ref didn't see it, and the ref counts three for the pin. So due to the ref not seeing it, you know, Morgan wins the match by pinfall. I don't necessarily agree with it, but now you got people booing Liv Morgan. And I don't agree with that. And there's people who posted about it on Twitter. Uh, Kayla Braxton, Rhea Ripley were two that talked about it. I don't think it necessarily should be booing Liv Morgan, but just be upset with the booking decision at, at that point. I don't agree with that, but I understand they want to draw the storyline out for another pay-per-view. But I don't know when that's going to be because now Liv Morgan has another challenger, a tough one, and Shayna Baszler at Clash of the Castle. So it'll probably be another month or so. I mean, hell, you might see Rousey come back at Clash for the, at Clash at the Castle to continue that program with Liv Morgan. Either way. I don't see it being done yet, especially after that finish. The last match of the night, and honestly, probably, I'm going to say it was the best match of the night. And that is the last man standing match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I mean, let, let, let me talk about this. Let me talk to you about this one. It started off... Brock Lesnar drives a freaking tractor to the ring. That was pretty neat. You don't see that often. You ain't seen somebody drive something like that to the ring since, what, the Stone Cold Beer Bash? Yeah, so that that was neat. That was cool. 
great last man standing match. You know, even seeing Paul Heyman take a good bump after he got F5 through the announce table. It was You don't see him take that kind of bump often. So he did that. And you had Brock Lesnar, he tipped the damn ring up with the tractor. Like, tipped it up almost on the side. So, imagine sitting on that side, front row. You paid for these seats, some bomb-ass seats. And the main event, you're just watching the underside of the ring, hoping to see Hornswoggle make an appearance. I would have been pissed. I would have been. I would have been super mad. <laughs> also in that match, you know, we seen Theory tried. He he did what he said he was gonna do. He, tr- oh, he tried. He tried to cash in, but he got f five by Brock Lesnar for his problems, and you really ain't see him after that. So he tried and failed. Didn't cash in though. Didn't officially get cashed in. So he still. Safe on that part. And again, back with the controversial finish. That count by the referee, I it was odd. Because typically with the last man standing match, if you're continuing to attack your opponent, normally the ref doesn't count. Until you are done. Now the whole time the refs count, they're constantly still throwing shit on Lesnar. The the Usos and Reigns, they're throwing parts of the announce table, chairs, the announce chairs. They're throwing steps on Lesnar. And the ref is still counting this whole time. I didn't get that at all. Because, like I said, the ref normally doesn't start counting until they're done and they're they're waiting. They're waiting for the count. But again, the ref's counting this whole time. And they're still throwing stuff on because one of the Usos went to grab another set of steel stairs and was walking over and the ref counted 10. I mean, I didn't agree with that. Especially that's supposed to be the last match between those two. I don't think... Well, the finish was good. Just that count. I feel like the ref should have waited to count. But overall, it was decent. You know, for that entertainment. It was good. I liked it. Just said, just the finish kind of, like, had me a little confused. But, like I said, all in all, SummerSlam was a great show. And I really enjoyed it. That was the first... WWE pay-per-view that I didn't have to go take a what we call piss break or smoke break or whatever you know and I can actually sit up through the whole show watch it and not get bored it was great I really enjoyed it and that continued the next night on Raw especially with this being Triple H's first actual week really seriously running it you know, I said, like I mentioned earlier, the United States title was more, it was actually heavily showcased on Raw. You know, there was just so much wrestling on there. It was, it was nice to see for a change. And these, most of these matches had some type of meaning or purpose to them. 
which was great. If you would have asked me last month, I wouldn't have seen Tommaso Ciampa getting a U.S. title match. I thought he would still be the Mrs. Bitch. But he is getting that title match, and he's long overdue for one because he's so talented. And that's what we need to see on the main roster is more guys getting pushed, getting these opportunities. And speaking of other guys getting more of a push, Chad Gable, you know, he was he's been more in a tag team scene, but he got an opportunity for a singles title match. Mustafa Ali, he's he got taken a little more seriously this week. Dolph Ziggler, he's another one who's been coming around more. You know, I love seeing these guys get that push, that change. And I don't think it's done. I think he's going to continue to push more guys who haven't got pushed in a while because they didn't fit Vince McMahon's narrative. But one that I've been seeing lately that's been rumored to get a total makeover is T-Bar. Formerly known as Dominic Dijakovic in NXT. When he was in NXT, the matches him and Keith Lee would put on, oh my God, they were great. And then they start the retribution angle. wasn't bad at first. It wasn't bad at all. And then they made it a joke. And it was terrible. And ever since then, him and Mace have been just kind of floating around on the tag team scene as jobbers. Mace got the worst end of that because now he's Mace or what, whatever the hell it is. The maximum male models crap is stupid, and I hope they get rid of it. But T-Bar, I'm hoping he goes back to being Dominic Dijakovic. That would be great for the main roster, especially on Raw. Again, there's been more of an emphasis on wrestling. I think one of the last weeks, Vince McMahon ran it. And these are just estimates. I can't remember the exact times. But out of a three-hour show, there was roughly 38 39 minutes of wrestling. And then this past week, with Triple H completely being able to run it, there was 72 minutes, I believe it was. 72 minutes of actual wrestling on Raw. That's a 40-minute difference. And honestly, it just it made the show easier to watch. Again, much like SummerSlam, this past Monday, no, last Monday night on Raw, I was actually able to sit through Raw, not get bored, not have to really... I really didn't want to leave the TV because I was just so engaged and immersed in it. It's the first time I really was interested in Raw, especially for three hours. Because we all know three hours feels like it's too long anyways and you need to go back to two. And there's been talks about that too from what I've been hearing. But it just it flowed. It just it seemed more natural and it, it just it flowed a lot better. It did nothing seemed forced like it had been in the past. And the ratings show proof of that. Like last Monday night was the best ratings for Monday Night Raw that they have seen in two years. With the top spot having two point four three million viewers. Almost two and a half million. We're almost there. It's it's just incredible. That the first week Triple H is running it and they do that. Hopefully AEW doesn't decide to try to challenge Raw again. Like they tried to do with NXT and they ultimately won. But 
I think with the main roster, it's a little bit different. And if AEW tries to challenge Monday Night Raw, they're in trouble. There's also heavy rumors that there's more wrestlers set to return to WWE. He's trying to get more people back. As we saw on Friday Night SmackDown right at the end. Where McIntyre and Reigns were about to address each other. And then a familiar sight comes on the screen. It turns black and white. And Karrion Cross makes his return. Attacks Drew McIntyre. And Scarlett puts the hourglass on the ring apron. And that's pretty much saying that Karrion Cross is coming for Reigns as well. But apparently USA Network wants a world champion on their show. As there should have been all along. Because Reigns is, is uh, let's face it, he's, he's part-timer. He's a part-time guy now. So each brand needs their own champion. They need their own tag titles. They need their own separate set of titles, completely separated, except for the big four. And I'm hoping Triple H is trying to push that as well. As the rumors have been circulating about the WWE draft happening either later this month or beginning of next month. So I feel like more people are going to get an opportunity, especially with a total brand separation and their own set of titles. Because Karrion Cross is only rumored to be challenging for one title. Just one. So if he wins, I could see him carrying that title to Monday Night Raw. And being a dominant champion like he was in NXT. And we, we talked a little bit about AEW a few minutes ago. And something AEW is doing is they're making their first console video game. That's titled AEW Fight Forever. Now, <laughs> I think it was last year at this time. They came out with the first screenshots, the beta screenshots, whatever. For the game and it looked awful. It looked terrible. Now they released gameplay footage and screenshots of the game and now it actually looks pretty good. It looks decent for the for them and I'm I'm interested in getting it. It looks good. The roster they released several names on the roster and they said some of the newer guys that came from WWE would not make the cut for the game. Now that's not to say that they won't be DLC. And the match types, you know, they got your normal match types on there. Nothing crazy except for the lame exploding barbed wire death match. That was an absolute flop. That's on there. Hopefully the game makes it look better. But overall, I think the anticipation for the game is there. And Kenny Omega, he's kind of overseeing the production of it, and he wants that old school, you know, WWF, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain type feel to it. The graphics look better than that. But he said that's what he wants the flow to feel like, is like you're playing that game again. So, we'll see. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to try it and play it. But there's no set date on when it's when it's set to be released. Nothing has been announced on that yet. It, previously, they have said September 2022. Now, they said that is likely not to happen. So now, you just got to wait and see when the official date's going to be. Also, talking about AEW... 
Jonathan Gresham, the former Ring of Honor World Champion. Yeah, he lost the title to Claudio Castanoli, or Cesaro as most of us know him now. He lost the belt to him at their latest pay-per-view. Since then, it's been rumored and been reported that there is backstage heat between Gresham and Tony Khan, so much so that he's asked for his release due to him not feeling respected. Me, personally, I don't see where Gresham's all that great. He's good, don't get me wrong. But much like his significant other, I don't see what the hype is. Either way, I don't see Gresham getting released and Tony Khan's going to ride out the rest of his contract. Not much there to say. I just don't think he's that great. He's good, but he's not like, oh my God, we got to keep him. You know, he's not on that caliber. Also, over last weekend... The night before SummerSlam was, it was titled as Ric Flair's last match. It came on pay-per-view. Overall, the event was said to be pretty good. <clears throat> the overall event. But they said, I've heard that Flair's actual match wasn't that great. He's old. He's getting old. He's not able to do this anymore. But he wanted to go out on that er his own terms, which I can respect that. I get that. <clears throat> and Flair supposedly wanted to do a top rope dive somewhere in the match, and his daughter Charlotte had to talk him out of that. And there was one spot where Andrade had to try and put brass knuckles on Flair's hand because Flair couldn't do it. And it just seemed like it was a struggle, and Flair was supposedly passed out. <clears throat> And the match ended with Flair having Jeff Jarrett in the figure four. And it was pinning him off of it. It happens. But Flair's shoulders were also down. Flair couldn't even sit up to like have it like really count it as a pin like that. You know what I mean? Like the ref should have counted them both. Or should have done something different to buy time. The pin shouldn't have been counted the way it was. But again, it's Ric Flair. It was his last match. He was going out on his own terms. He needed to win. Respect, no, respect given for that. Overall, the event was good. The last match, his actual match, wasn't as great. But then the next night, or a couple nights later, Flair and Andrade go to Puerto Rico for the Colognes promotion. And Flair ends up brawling with some of them guys. So, will it really be Flair's last match? Because he's been getting involved in some of the other matches as well down there. Or, like, is this going to be part of a tour? Flair's last match tour? A tour in 50 cities? Or would it be his last, tour in the, uh, his last match in the U.S.? Ain't no telling with Flair. But Rick should have retired at WrestleMania... I believe it was 24 when he lost to Shawn Michaels. That should have been it. Fairy tale ending. Flair wasn't ready to hang it up. Especially after last weekend. That really should be Flair's last match. Alright, well we've talked about all the wrestling news. We've had several guests on the show in the past. You know, we've had our first guest was TJP. Former WWE Cruiserweight Champion. Former X Division Champion in Impact Wrestling. Now we've had Just Incredible, C.W. Anderson, Jim Molyneux, the former head referee for ECW. 
We've had Bruiser Graham, Doc Patton. We've had so many guys come on the show and share their stories, their experiences, and their backgrounds. You know, how the wrestling business was, how they got in it, and things of that nature. Who would y'all want to see next come on the show? Y'all can leave them in the comments below. Shoot me a message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Email, doesn't matter. I want to see some suggestions on who you would like to see make the next special appearance on the show. So, like I said, message me on social media or email. Please give me some ideas. Other than that, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you. I've really enjoyed doing this. Things have been hectic lately, but I'm trying to get back on track with it because I enjoy this. I love doing this. This doesn't seem like a chore or a project to me. It's something I love. I love the wrestling business. I love talking about it. And I love debating certain ideas. Because just because I run a podcast doesn't mean I'm right. This is merely my opinion and my thoughts. And I love debating and talking, getting other ideas from other wrestling fans. Thank you for tuning in this week. I've really enjoyed sharing my thoughts, and I will see you in a few weeks.